Welcome to the official podcast of Comics Beer and Sci-Fi. Brought to you by Crystal Bright Janitorial, The Brand Barbershop, Greco Printing and Imaging, and Able Ideas. Before we get started, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow Comics Beer and Sci-Fi on all your favorite social media apps. Now, on with the show! Hey, it's the Bradcast, and I am here with Zachary Morois. Hello, Zachary. Hello, man. What's up? <laughs> Not much. Happy Sunday. Thank you, man. I see you are busy at work, putting in some drawing time in. Yeah, I just, um, what is that? I finished up some roughs for this page, and uh, I finished uh, one page last night, so <sighs> got to start another one. Okay, so are you, uh, you are in the depths of Sandaran's adventure? Yep, uh, right now, uh, I'm penciling page 12, and, uh, or just started it, so, um, I've been doing a lot of work trying to get a lot of these pages done, so I can send it off to the rest of the team to get it finished up. Okay, so it's, so it's a big team effort, uh, these books that you've been working on. Uh, for this one, yes. Uh, for the the last one, not so much. I had a smaller group. I see. Okay. Um, I know this is your third book. How how long have you been uh, a comic book artist? I would have to say for about like three years. I um, and I wouldn't even use that term comic book artist quite yet because I'm still trying to find uh, my foot through the door. So, yeah, I like. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't even call myself. You don't have to, you don't, I didn't say you were a professional. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're, if you're drawing and you're drawing a comic book, you're a comic book artist. So yeah. we don't make, we don't make a huge distinction. Um, in my business, it's the difference between being something and being a professional something is whether or not you actually get paid for it. Yo. So, <laughs> so how did you get started drawing? Man, uh, I mean, to put it simply, like, uh, when I got my GED at Job Corps when I was 18, uh, I started taking art seriously. And uh, at that point, I was drawing mediocre stuff, you know, mm -hmm. mediocre comics and taking that to a show. And then uh, I wanted to go to the Kubert School uh, right upon, during the summertime. So at one of the conventions in the summer, somebody from the school uh went up to my booth and said that, you know, they took summer course classes. So I was like, I couldn't afford it. And so I asked my mother and to make a long story short, I went, I ended up going to the Cooper school. So I like ditched everything I was doing at that point And then sure. just restarted, you know, breaking down the foundations of everything that I was doing just to learn how to draw. Okay. Now, I mean, did, did you always like to draw when you were a kid? Did you doodle? Did you did you uh, draw on the inside of books and make animations on the so when you flip the pages? No, actually, people did that. I I did uh, I did like to draw. Um, I I did like to doodle a lot. If anything, I used to like creating my characters. Like I used to love character creation. I would just come up with the most. And there was no rhyme or reason. You know, I'd come up with stupid names. Like one of the characters was like Scrag Show. 
one of my earliest stuff from like fifth grade crack show right and there was like no reason as to why that name was there. I was just like, okay, I did a drawing of this weird character, and that's his name. So, I did a lot of that kind of uh, that kind of stuff. Was just like character creation, and a lot of doodles, you know, copying images that were already made from Marvel and DC comics, and just be like, wait, look at my drawings. But um, yeah, it wasn't until I, you know, I was eighteen, and I was like, you know what, I want to actually become an artist, and I think honestly, in fifth grade, when I picked up my first comic book, uh, that then I read that book like twenty times that same day. That's when I realized I was like, if I'm gonna be anything in life, I'm gonna be a comic book artist. So, but it seems like you've also you also wear the writer's hat here a little bit, don't you? I do, I do. I mean, because that's you know that's a big deal. You can you can write other people's, you can write stories about other people's characters and be in the business and get paid. Right. I mean, the drawing part is very competitive and not everybody can write a story that people want to read or see illustrated. So if you can be, you know, I know that you you've been doing that, but I mean, you're you know, you're on a big team and I guess your team came from uh, came from your uh, your schooling. Right. Yeah. Uh, everybody that I include into my stuff, that anything I do, I like to pref- I prefer to be working with the people that I, you know, was sitting next to in class or uh, people that were involved in the school in some type of way because I don't know there's it's just more of a a community connection with that um because we went through the same program and if we went you know we graduated from that we're doing our own we're still doing whatever we are doing instead of giving it up those are the kind of people I like to okay stick with and just keep if I'm working on anything I like to have them participate in it if they're interested. So, were you? Um, I know you have a um, you have an IRL uh, in the in the background, which we don't have to go into. But have you have you made enough money on the other you know on your other uh, comic book endeavors to give you real hope? I mean, have you gotten good reactions? Do you have people? following after you want to know hey when's the next book um because i mean your your main guy your 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 purple wonder uh and his um was it six-eyed pet i can't recall his name <laughs> um sandaran is a very interesting character that you've drawn um and and he seems like he's a little unusual for the genre can you tell us about him oh dude <laughs> i'd love to man uh, okay, so the first, uh, when I got out of school, I've had this character, uh, Sonderon, before he was, so- like, the name Sonderon, his sure. original name was Khonshu, and I had that, like, when I got in school, like, I had this character even way before that, like, in middle school, but if I was gonna work on any series, I wanted to, like, perfect that one thing I had, Sure. and then my writing wasn't fully done for it like I knew what I wanted but I couldn't word it correctly I didn't know how to I wasn't a writer like I know what I can visualize but I didn't know how to explain it and the other dude that's part of this book Brett Melagrano this man is amazing like this man is born to be a writer and I had a serious talk with him like hey you should write this series with me like you know become the writer and you know he agreed to do so, and because of that, he's a co-creator. Because it's not just the artwork, 
and some of the basic stuff uh, for a character that you know makes that individual working on it as a creator. Anybody who adds into it is also a creator of, of that project uh, product sure. as well. So uh, when I got out of school, I launched Voyage to the Call. That campaign was five thousand dollars, and it was just me and a couple other people that funded. And then the second campaign I launched a year after that, I think a year and a half or a year after, uh, it was Voyage Melting Pot. And that was a 200-page anthology book. And that one didn't work out because uh, it was the goal was like $24,000. And I had about 20-plus artists on it. So I was including, you know, talent costs on top of like, you know, product, you know, product shipment, you know, all the all the work. So there was a lot of factors as to why that didn't fund, but I didn't give up on it because a lot of people that followed uh, Voyage to Call from the first campaign to the potential possibility of the second book, they wanted this character to come back. I mean, some of the surveys that I've read was like, this character is unique. They really love the idea. They want to see this character just come out in his own series. So I didn't want sure. to do one shots anymore anthologies it's just going to be first issue ongoing from here on out so this campaign is very this one is very unique to me than the previous ones i've done because your focus has changed exactly okay so so then let me ask you is this then a um episode two from uh from the what is it tell me again voyager's call okay so I mean, where does it fit? Is it is it just? I mean, just I can... pluck them out of the universe and start following them now <laughs> with with some backhanded references back to the uh, the the episode, you know, the the uh, uh, you know the series one book, or because the anthology, I probably would, you know, you have a lot of things there. I would maybe release them as mini books, and try to get people to read all the little books first and then come out with an anthology. But, you know, you're still learning. I'm not, uh, yeah. I, I'm not uh, throwing shade. I just want, you know, oh, no, they, my thought is those, if there's 200, you have 200 pages of ideas. You, you've got, you know, you've got a first series going and you should really, in my opinion, go, go for something like that. Have you thought about that at all? I respect that, man. Like, you know, there's logic to this madness. Um, yeah. When I was in the school uh, during my second year, because anybody who's a creator who creates anything, they're so busy focusing the, uh, so much detail on what's their beginning, what's mm -hmm. the origin, and they have a necessary need to them to start there. Like, that's their starting point. And there was a teacher named Max Fuchs. Um, and I was talking about, you know, I can't wait till I get out of school and work on Voyage because this was the book I, I, I can't wait. And the writing wasn't fully finished on the origin. I still was trying to figure all that stuff out. And he said, he goes, well, why do you have to wait till you get out of school? Why can't you just make it now? You know, and as basic and straightforward as that was, I dismissed it in class when he said it. But when I got uh, back to the mansion, uh, the Cuba School Mansion, where the place the Cuba School used to be before they switched over to the old uh, old school, sorry, old school down the street. Um, I was sitting in my uh, dorm room, and I'm just like, this guy's 
he's right. And um, I was like, well, I don't know how to work on the origin yet. And I said, screw it. I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to pick an adventure that I like and uh, just write on that. And that's what I started doing. But all the other guys that was, you know, part of my year and a couple other, you know, first years or third year students, I was like, I'm going to include them in a while as well. So why am I going to just do this by myself? So I ha I started working on designing Voyage Anthology Volume 1. It was an 88-pager, and I just started grabbing as many students as I could. The hardest part was, so, because we were all current students, some of them didn't believe that this book was happening, and others did, but it was very few. So I had to keep pushing and grinding, be like, hey, where's that stuff? Where's all that uh, going on? But I focused on something that I wanted to do for fun with this character instead of, you know, starting from the beginning. So that really gave me hope. I mean, Adam Kubert did a piece uh, for the first anthology, and I just asked him. Um, no, my, I stand corrected. He asked me randomly in the middle of the summer when I was, like, you know, cleaning up the Kubert school for the maintenance, and he's like, hey, how you doing, you know? And I started talking about the book, and, you know, to make a long story short, he goes, was well, there anything I can do for it? I was like, what? So he did a saunter on pinup and that gave everyone like the official like, this is happening. Yep. And so when I got out of the school, I wanted to expand on that, but I couldn't, I didn't want to start from the beginning yet. Uh, so Voyage the Call was a one shot adventure of something that he was doing like later on down in the story. But these books are still relevant because now that I'm working on Voyage Issue 1, uh, that ongoing series, the way uh, Voyage the Call, that book fits in between like issues 2 and 3 or 3 and 4. Okay. In Voyage Anthology, that story is actually part of the second story arc. So somewhere in between issues 6 through 8, 6 through 9. Sure. Because it, uh, the way that I'm going to write these story arcs, I'm going to do issues 1 through 6. It's the first story arc, like uh, graphic novels for dc yeah yeah uh, whenever they yeah so issue six through 12 sondron takes on the galactic mafia which i call him the dixarian mob so that story in the anthology book was him taking on one of the operations that the dixarian mob was doing so i was like okay. this book is gonna fit in canon somewhere between here voice of the call is gonna fit somewhere between issues two and three or three and four and then issue one is gonna have a bonus story that will expand somewhere in between that stuff. So it's all relevant. And the reason why it works without having it to fall confusing is he's an alien who space travels. So time is just, you know, but a construct, like, you know, it could all happen wherever and whoever he meets along the way, different characters from, you know, different creators and whatnot. It, it's relevant because he's a traveling alien. So, all right. So you're this, this, what you're describing now is, the your Kickstarter, is that right? Yes, Voyage. Okay, so so tell us about tell us about the Kickstarter, and just to, if you can, uh, we'll we'll put it in the um, we'll put it in the comments. But if you want to mention, if it has an easy address uh, for people to to look up while they're listening to the show, um, do you have that the URL handy that you can do a shout out, and then we can talk about the. Uh, the Kickstarter? Yeah, I have uh, the URL. I I, I got to copy and paste it into the thing. So yeah, okay. I, I can email you. Um, and then 
it's just Voyage. Like you just type in Voyage on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and you'll see yeah. the thumbnail. Uh, it's got a very unique thumbnail where you see him, like this purple alien in the foreground. You can't miss it, um, but it's there. Um, right now, it's in pre-launch uh, for anyone that's listening, so it's going to launch May 1st. Uh, so anybody who... There's early grabbacks and stuff, so people who will sign up now will get a chance for the first six hours of like some special stuff, because I offer a lot uh, sure. for these tiers. And... I, I just let me interrupt you. I just found it real quick. Uh, after Kickstarter.com slash projects slash voyage the call, the, the the letter or the numeral one book twenty two slash voyage dash zero, and that will take them to the Kickstarter page, the pre launch page that you described, and you can see a um just a, a blurb picture of issue one, Principium, and our good friend Sandron is uh, <laughs> mugging for the camera with some <laughs> blaster fire behind him. Uh, he uh, he seems like he's um, having a, I don't know, I can't quite tell what's going on behind him, but uh, there's some good explosions in the room. You know, I've always been a huge fan of having their cover um pick a moment in a comic if i remember working on a comic i'll pick a certain event that's happening in that book and i'm going to do a cover on it um that's just like a choice that i want to do for my series uh for the variants i'll do some like random stuff or whatever but the main covers will always have an event from the book but voyage issue one this takes place where sandra just got exiled out of a star system so everything he learned uh being in his own system, you know, was child's play compared to the outside real world. So imagine like, you know, your own kid, you know, he thinks he knows or he or she acts like they know everything, you know, the ins and outs of life. And then next thing you know, they leave your house, you know, they move out into the real world, into their apartment, and they have to relearn everything that they thought they knew. So Sondaran is in that moment and because he's the first commitant his first species to ever be uh to ever leave his star system there's a lot of xenophobia because his species is tied into this very ancient religion um that people think uh think it's just wives tales and folklore and whatnot but it's farther from the church the truth okay so he has this quest where he's got to find these pieces called the spear and nod and once he finds all these species, he unites the universe uh, once again. So it's all fractured and hellbent. And okay. so he he's going to be... There's a lot in the first uh, issue. Because the first story uh, is 32 pages. Like, I'm going to hit the reader with everything that I got. Like, there's no human in this issue at all whatsoever. Imagine watching Predator with no humans. And the main character is Predator have like doing whatever because the predator culture is a lot and they do so much within that so imagine it'd be cool if the camera was on them all right i am going to share my screen for just a second uh nope it's disabled all right never mind denver thank you i was going to uh i'm just gonna i'm gonna save this off for him that's fine i was gonna put put the uh the blurb the cover shot on the on the screen so that when if this goes to uh, YouTube instead of SoundCloud, um, 
people be able to see it. At any rate, um, so I, 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 we, we did touch on this briefly uh, when we the first time we talked about having an alien adventure where there's literally there's no there's no human beings, and I think that you know historically um, my recollection is most nobody is necessarily an alien because they're all aliens, right? The, right. the concept of an alien is, um, you know, human-centric or Earth-centric. Um, we use that term to describe people who aren't from around here. Um, in this particular case would be our planet. But I think that it's interesting that you've made him a, um, a loner from his star system and the only person that anybody in his area knows that he's leaving. So he is, in fact, alien to the rest of the universe. But once he's out there, he's like everybody else. He is a so-and-so from somewhere, right? Which, right. which if, if I'm understanding you correctly, all the characters are so-and-so from somewhere, and the term alien isn't used at all, right? It's not, but... We're all comic book fans, so whenever we read a comic book that, you know, from the past, you know, even to now, there were, I mean, let's be honest, like, the main characters are always humans. I mean, I agree with, like, your description of explaining all that, but their physical uh, appearance was just human. There was nothing, you know, really different to make them different uh, than the actual human on Earth. So, the closest, uh, recently... There was a book done by Sumek Kesjin, uh, and it was called Voyage Is uh, by Image. And, was, and this was the first time that I seen the main character be a legitimate alien. And I was mm -hmm. like, this is awesome. You know, and I the book was great. And um, there was a lot of, you know, positive feedback. A lot the, you know, comic book fandom really loved it. Um, but outside of that book, uh, Martian Manhunter is a superhero. Right. And, and I feel personally that they always, you know, undermine that character in the DC world. He's always like second to best or he, you know, and I, I the only time I got to see Martian Manhunter uh, shine was in that series Tom Mandrake did in the 90s with John Ostrander and that cartoon, you know, with Justice League, you know, Justice sure. League Unlimited, where Martian Manhunter was part of that seven and he was treated like really well as a character. So again, it's superhero genre and outside of like the Marvel DC companies. Right. The all the only other character I could think of was Zen Intergalactic Ninja. Oh, right, okay. So it's very scarce. So I want to bring that back a um, a little bit, you know, just to bring a sci fi book up to the table and be like, Hey, I got something new and unique. Okay. And so and at this point as uh just the manager in me is is going to ask you how's uh how's the rest of the team reacting? Are they are you able to keep uh, motivation high? I mean, I I'm sure they're all committed. They know you've done Kickstarters before. You know, this is a manageable size project. It's a decent sized book. Um, you know, there's no reason to believe that uh it will be just as successful as your first endeavor or perhaps more so because all of those people 
are going to want the next book, right? Right. So, I mean, do you have contingency plans? I I know it sounds like I'm I'm asking it because this is a business, right? It is for you. You're you're starting a business. So, have you have you looked at it from that standpoint? Is everybody um, maintaining their enthusiasm, or is it just you? We we treat everything you know like a job. Um, okay. You know, obviously because we're artists, uh, we have that emotional stake in it a little bit, and uh, I I. I got to learn, you know, I'm still learning how to separate it completely and just treat it like this is just work. And, you know, if the project fails, like no harm done. So my uh, plan B is to relaunch it uh, if it doesn't, you know, work the first time. Because I'm not giving up on this. I have to, you know, I got to get this because I uh, I have a kid on the way, you know, it's expected in August, uh, the end of August. So one thing I want, thank you. One thing I want is to have my kid, you know. Like once it's born, like this issue's done before my child is born. Sure, because I don't know. There's a little bit of an emotion between it because, um, because yeah. if it's a boy, my child's name will be the same as my character. I'm just yep. sure what, how does the the child's mother think about that? <laughs> she thinks it's great. Like okay, she loves it because it's one of those things where before my you know before I even you know, knew the fact that she was pregnant. I looked at, you know, I was working on this character for a good portion of my life, you know, so mm-hmm. the this character in its series is pretty much my child, you know, work yeah. child. And then now that I got an actual child, I want to integrate that sure. for them. And when they get older, they're probably going to, you know, because we all know young kids are always, you know, thinking about things that we never even think of. Right. Uh, just ask random stuff and whatnot. So they're probably going to wonder, like, you know, why is, you know, my parent not spending enough time with me or, you know, who knows? But I want them to realize that, like, I named them something that I love doing for actual work. So that connection that I'll always care about them when it, you know, right. older, like, there's that connection. So, Zachary, um, tell me, uh, you know, you've been doing this since you were a kid. Who, uh, who was your inspiration? Who are the artists that that you think you follow in their footsteps, even as uh, like mentors, just in your mind? Bob McFarlane was one. Uh, he was one of sure. my earliest ones because uh, uh, my Amazing Spider-Man run that I was reading it was my first titles that I was picking up. So the Tom McFarlane stuff in the middle just really caught my eye. So he was one. The second one, man, it's. It, when I got into the Cuba school, that's when I had my eye out to all these artists. The second one, it's got to be Wally Wood. Third one was Mark Schultz, uh, who's done xenophobic, uh, xenophobic tales. And I think the last one, it's got to be, uh, what's his name? Uh, Warren Brown. Uh, he's done Ultra Mega, which is a oh, okay. big hit. So his, his stuff really grabs me. So yeah, th- those artists. Is there... Uh... Just for the fans, until the uh, Kickstarter uh, comes out, uh, is, is there any place the fans can follow you uh, uh, on uh, social media, Facebook or uh, um, Twitter or um, Instagram? So for uh, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, it's the same. It's all lowercase. It's Zachary's Art, um, okay. all one word. And then for Facebook, it's Zachary Royce. And uh, also, Dwarf Star Comics is on Facebook too. Okay, 
And then, so you know what? I meant to ask you. I meant to ask you. Where did you come up with Dwarf Star? So, um, I was part of a another brand. It didn't really work out. Um, so the falling out of that, you know, it put me in a spot where I was like, you know, what am I going to do? Like, uh, so I rebranded myself, but I couldn't figure out the name. So I was thinking about a bunch of space stuff and just the the concept, like. A company that can give hope and, uh, you know, unique storytelling tales, like, you know, basic stuff. So I started playing around with the words and a couple uh, roommates and people that I knew in the Keeper School were also pitching in. And then they sure. got together like Dwarf Star Comics. All right. Have you ever seen the um, the the uh, British sci-fi series Red Dwarf? No. Okay. You, you, need, to, you need to check it out because when, when I first read it and and when you just said it that flashes um the flash to mind it is um really uh i believe the term is eclectic and kind of uh sci-fi humorous in a monty python type of style because it's probably 30 40 years old but it's you'll like it i think you'll like it because of sandran's backstory kind of yeah it, it's it's kind of crazy it's it's a little out there but it's independent guys that don't really care about what's going on they're doing their own thing um i think you'll like it uh, you know i was a huge fan of uh that enemy mine which was a sci-fi movie in the 80s. oh sure and then uh what do you call it uh that show resident alien that was a pretty decent oh, show okay so I I like that weird uh the weirdness uh to all that stuff. I mean even like you know weird stuff like Splinter and Oh, okay. Yeah, like I love all that weird stuff. So sci-fi has really grabbed me, like sci-fi and horror. I used to love superheroes, I still do, but I'm fatigued out and uh going into school I, I really started delving into the sci-fi and horror stuff and i was just amazed at some of the stories that were told by like these legend artists so it really pushed it further do you have a uh a, a prospective uh a opening launch date for the kickstarter um may 1st is uh for the first issue okay um, that's gonna go until the end of may uh the goal is ten thousand dollars because this is a 48-page comic. Uh, like I said earlier in the right. uh, chat, the first story is 32 pages. The backup story is 8 pages. And then there's pinups and other bonus stuff that I included into this issue as well. So okay. a lot of people are going to get... I, for this first issue, it's got to be a little bit of an oversize. Because issues 2 forward are going to be the standard 20 or 24 or 22. The first issue, I'm trying to make a, a big bang out of it. So sure, sure. That's why I'm I made it that long. All right, fair enough. Um, so let's see. I think we've covered. I think we've covered pretty much everything. We've got your origin. We've got Sandran's origin. We've got what the future holds. You have anything else you want to tell our listeners? Um, anyone who's listening. Um, the fact that you guys are listening and if it piques your interest, like I'm really excited because just even talking about this character, um, to a bunch of random people, it gets me really excited because that's an, a potential fan, um, to get them hooked into it. So, you know, if you're listening out there, thank you. <laughs> I, 
I hope this book thrills you like it does for me. All right. Well, very good. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate um, you reaching out and uh, it was a nice, nice time talking to you. Uh, if you want to do me a favor and send me an email uh, when it does, uh, when it does start, if it does, you know, just so I know and I can mention it the next time I'm on air uh, and uh, maybe we can uh, help you be successful and we'll look forward to more books in the future for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll actually, um, the day before launch, I'll send an email to you. That'd be great. That'd be great. All right. Well, um, I guess we will uh, talk to you again and uh, have fun drawing today. <laughs> Thank you. It's going to be a long day. <laughs> All right. Take care. You too, man. Thanks. Sure. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of the Comics Beer and Sci-Fi Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.